Welcome to the Press Plane Run podcast, the podcast for runners that don't really know they're runners, put a stick on their trainers, press play and run just in case. Press Plane Run will give me, Ryan, or Scottish runner to some of you on Instagram, the chance to shine a light on everyday runners from clubs and couches across the United Kingdom and beyond. Each week, we'll delve into everything from park runs to playlists, trainers to tantrums and mini runs to marathons. We will look to shine a light on the stories of some incredible everyday runners from the running community and hold them hostage until they pick a track to add to the Press Play and Run playlist, which you can search for and add on Spotify. So whether you're dragging yourself off the couch or taking your first tentative steps in running, or you're one of those weird people in vests at the front of the pack, we look forward to joining you every other week on your long runs to keep you company and entertained. Until then, your only job is to press play and run. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's been an unbelievable first week and the reaction to the first podcast has surpassed anything that I dared imagine. The positivity from the running community online towards Alison and towards myself has been absolutely outstanding and we have not seen a single negative comment which for the internet I think is a pretty rare thing these days. In fact, the only negativity I've come across has been from my actual real friends who've been contacting me in their droves to ask where this posh accent came from. So that's going to be a revelation to so many listeners that this is actually what a posh person from Glasgow sounds like. It's been a great running week as well. I've been back at Newton Roadrunners. We've been back training together. The weather has been absolutely grim, but it's been so nice to see our clubmates and get back out on the road again. The speed sessions in particular have been really beneficial for me. We've had two since the return from Christmas and actually I think they've played a huge part in a success for me at the weekend in my running. Anyone that follows me on my personal account, Scottish Runner, might be aware of the fact that I'd set myself a goal in 2022 of beating my park run PB and getting a sub 20 minute 5k again. I fell short of that at the end of the year by seven seconds, um, which was disappointing, but I'd knocked almost five minutes off my time from the start of the year to the end, so real success is in there as well. But last week, I did manage to get under, and significantly under, I managed a 1927. And I really do think that a combination of the speed sessions that we've been doing together, and actually having the podcast and knowing that I was going to talk about it, that little bit of added pressure really did spur me on to not only dip under 20 minutes, but to get there significantly. So I was absolutely delighted. In fact, I was really looking forward to talking to anybody that would listen about my PB until my eight-year-old son Brody managed to beat his PB at Junior Park Run the next day. So I had approximately 23 hours to bask in the glory of my achievement before the attention turned to Brody, and he has refused to let us talk about anything else except his magnificence. So that's the real life of a runner and a father, I suppose. I'll take my win. I'll take the 23 hours of glory, even if most of them were in my own head. So on to today's show. I have a number of really exciting guests lined up over the coming weeks uh, that have been in touch and I'm really looking forward to getting those episodes recorded and getting them out to you. In this episode, I get the opportunity to speak to another person that's had an impact on my own running pathway, even if she didn't know it. So without further ado, I'm going to move on to my conversation with Jenna McCallion. So with me for this episode, I have Jenna McCallion. Jenna's one of those cogs in the machine that you don't really see in the, the running scene as a new runner, but when you start to go to events, they pop up everywhere, organising, encouraging, and that's actually where I met her, but we'll get to that as we go on. So what I want to ask you, Jenna, is just to start us off by telling us a bit about your own running journey, where that started, and how it progressed through to the point of UK Run Chat. Okay, um, yeah, so I started running probably um, as a teenager when I was at high school. Um, I was higher higher PE and um, I was the only girl that did higher PE. So I was in with all the boys and I was basically having to do like bleak tests and things all the time. So it was pretty much just for my fitness and to prove that um, I was as fit as them and that I could do it. Absolutely hated that, hated running. Thought, I would, I would love sport, anything sport related, that was fine. Anything just running, um, no, I, I just didn't enjoy it at all. I think the bleak test has ruined more running careers than it started, to be honest. That's everybody's harrowing experience of running usually started and ended with the bleak test. Yeah, absolutely. So my dad, Ryan, he was um, a runner. Um, when I say a runner, he was just, he, he ran to work and back every day. 
Um, we lived in Cambuslang and he lived up to, um, ran up to East Kilbride every day and back. I think it was pretty much 10 miles there and back because um, he was right to the back of East Kilbride. And I always remember being quite embarrassed by my dad. <laughs> so you used to see him back in the day running with his tiny shorts on and I would be like, oh, here he comes. Don't, kid on, I can't see him. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, anytime I said to my dad, look, I'm wanting to start running, he used to get so excited about it because he would be like, right, okay, I'll help you. You know, I'll, I'll come out yeah. and run with you. And funnily enough, you know, I've, I've got wee things that I, I even say to other people now and it's it's my dad's basically. So I didn't quite realise how much of a how much of an influence my dad's had on me. Um, until I look back at some of the things that, you know, he said and some of the kind of ways that I run, I'm always trying to keep steady. And that was always my dad. You know, I love pacing, which is, again, my dad. So, yeah, it's it's, it's great. He was he was probably a, a big influence on me. That's quite a, an interesting one for me at the moment because my two kids have just started junior park run. And, or, or I'm saying they've started, they've restarted going to junior park run. I was sort of dragging them there at the beginning. They didn't want to be there. But since I've really picked my own training back up, they're now voluntarily asking to go back to junior park run. And I think, not not that they were embarrassed by it yet, because they're probably too young, but there is something in that about parents and setting good habits and your children watch, even when you think they're not watching or even when you think they're embarrassed, those good habits are actually being set in very, very early. And I'm seeing the two boys now um, t- talking about PBs and starting to be a bit competitive with each other and it's all just that subconscious thing I think of watching so that's an interesting one that what embarrassed you about your dad then you're recognising yourself now we all become our parents it's a scary prospect yeah no absolutely um, I think then I then met my husband Kevin um, very young and he was a footballer uh, so he was really sporty and I used to sign up for events like 10Ks and things just to really show off to him. <laughs> kind of, you know, like, I can do that. Um, so I'm very competitive. Um, yeah, so I used to just sign us up for 10Ks. And I remember us doing the 10-mile one in Edinburgh, um, which is no longer it's no longer a, a run. Um, and it was really tough. It was up um, the Royal Mile. And it was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was quite a tough route. But I remember me and him used to go and do that together. And that was like a wee kind of date day. <laughs> So was this when he would be playing still? Um, yeah, he was still playing at the time, yeah. That's an interesting dynamic to try and be competitive with someone playing football for a living at running. Yeah, I know. He was, he was much better than me. Cheap date, though. <laughs> well, maybe not so much cheap date, actually, by the time you rack up race entries and, and everything that goes with it. So when are we talking then? Like When, when would that have started the 10K of racing on your timeline? Was this just after school? Yeah, just after school. So I was only maybe kind of 19, 20. So given away my age here, so yeah, about 18 years ago. That's, in my experience of meeting runners, not that common that people maintain it coming out of that sort of school age, uni age, beginning work age. I think they're running up, tends to drop off then from the people I've met, certainly. And I know of so many people that have arrived at it later in life. But so your journey has been, if not constant, certainly. Um, I, would say, I would say very similar to what you're saying. So, I, you know, I, I started um, working and then running, you know, wasn't wasn't a thing. I wasn't running. I was just going to the gym. And then it wasn't until I had my son, Daniel. Um, so as soon as I had Daniel, I then started running. Like most people, it was for trying to lose weight. Um, that was that was the main reason. Um, but I realised actually that I didn't lose weight running and I never have. <laughs> so that, that's an interesting concept. Um, but it was more for the headspace for me. I really enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed when my husband came in from work. I was like, right, there's your child. <laughs> I'm gonna be out of run, um, and I just really enjoyed that that time on my own, and it really developed from there. I think once I had Daniel the year after, that was when I became absolutely hooked. I was signing up to events, and then I wasn't happy with my performance, so I was like, okay, right, I'm going to do it again, and I kind of became hooked that way. That resonates. Running to lose weight is probably the main catalyst eh, for people certainly getting into it. If you don't know anything, it's, I need to lose weight. I'm going to run. It was certainly a factor in me. I, pl- I was I played football as well at sort of junior level and stopped and got a bad injury. And it was the weight that I was putting on that really forced me to do something. And I thought, well, I'm going to run. I used to run. So playing football, I'm going to run again. But 
it's it's an interesting dynamic. You work in an industry now, you work in the fitness industry. How many people do you see coming in, especially at this time of year where that is the main goal? Maybe you can give me an insight to this. You, I started running to lose weight, but it's never been enough to sustain my running. So I have lost weight running, usually because I've paired it with cleaning up a diet or easing up on drinking or whatever at the same time. But the minute I've lost that weight, my running has fallen off because it, yeah, I wasn't running at that point for the enjoyment of running. I was running to, to lose weight and then I'll, you've reached that goal and you stop. Is that something that you see a lot with people you work with day in, day out? All the time. And, it, and it's not just with running, it's the gym. It's, it's, it's people don't make it a lifestyle choice. Um, they use it as a, you know, a, a means to an end kind of thing. Um, and yeah, you see that all the time. It, it can be people joining the gym. It could be joining a class. It could be running. And as soon as they, for example, run and they do that event, that's how they've, they've stopped after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's, that's one that I want to tease out actually with different people when they come on, because I think anything that you hang that running on, even if it's your mental health and you spoke about headspace and again, I found myself at points in my life where running was the only thing that centers you. Uh, very stressful job, busy life, real life getting in the way of things and that escapism. But again, it's never been enough to sustain because actually I was probably at my peak running 2017 when my headspace would have been the worst work-wise with no balance in my life. So you're running at your best, everybody thinks you're flying but it was just escaping and it was never enough to sustain. It became actually probably feeding the negativity. I was only coping instead of dealing with those issues. So there is something I think about finding the love of running for running's sake rather than as a coping mechanism for weight or for mental health. But you, again, this is your sphere, day in, day out, probably working with people on that. Yeah. I think, Ryan, what I've realised is running is actually my nemesis in life um it's the one thing that you know I've, I've always I love I think I love it and then it actually consumes me sometimes as well um if that makes sense so it sometimes can be a good thing and a bad thing so I can see both sides of it sometimes I need to calm myself down and you know go and enjoy things in life and have a long life <laughs> I interviewed Alison last week in that marathon journey and Op- Alison openly says it'll cut your social life uh, if that's if you get to that level and that's where you let it get to say bye to the social life because Saturdays and Sundays are about long running and um but that's that's not the story for most people and that's never the story I see on Instagram where I, probably that is the running community I would say I'm most part of um is the Instagram community people put up their best moments there sometimes they put up their lows and their worst moments but you'd swear everybody's just having an amazing time out running. and But that idea of it, the nemesis, the mental battle of getting your trainers on, that's much more common than, oh, yeah, I get to run in the rain today. Yeah. And that, that's that's an interesting one. So when did your running then progress? So your 10K, you're doing 10Ks trying to catch a footballer, which seems like a crazy idea. So when did that start to progress into becoming something where you were a part of something bigger than just your own running? I think it was probably, I could probably put a date on it. So it was probably 2009. So again, the year after I had Daniel, I did the great Scottish run. I remember doing that and having a horrible time. Um, it was me and my friends, one of my friends, and we we, we were underprepared, completely underprepared. We'd done the 10K, the women's 10K a few months before, and we said, oh, let's go and do this half. And, and I am the type of person that just I'm I'm quite spontaneous. Like I'll just I'll just do it. I don't kind of think about things too much. So I just jumped in and went, yeah, yeah, let's let's go and do this half. And I remember getting to about 10 miles and it was like I thought I was going to die basically. I was just like, I want this to end. Um and then I, I can remember finishing that that run and it wasn't so much my time because I, I think I'd done like two and a half two and a half hours, which but it was it was more for me it was more how I felt and I thought I am never feeling like that again and then I signed up to my next half and I've managed to knock like half an hour off it so right away my goal for a long time was that sub two that was that was my big running goal so I would say that's when it changed for me that's when it became I became a bit more competitive and I started running all over Um, I started just signing up to races all over the UK and I even did like a 13 halves in a year like that kind of thing all over the UK so 
I was just I was just obsessed with it. I just I just really enjoyed it. Thirteen half marathons in one year as a relatively yeah. new runner to the a distance. Yeah. I started researching running. I started like I joined Twitter. I started stalking everyone online. Um that's when I became part of UK Run Chat. I was good friends with Joe Williams, who runs UK Run Chat. So I started um, like helping them out. So I would be one of the one of the people that applied to you when you tweeted. Um, so I was on the tweet deck. Um, so I really enjoyed speaking to runners and runners' perspectives, and I was really inspired by people. Um, I just couldn't get enough of it. So and at that yeah. point, Jenna, when you're doing, you're starting to visit races. Is this completely a solo pursuit or were you running in company no that was this was just me just um a wee bit of a, a loner um talked to everyone so I ended up meeting friends everywhere I went and yeah I really kind of got to know people online and I would meet up with them at runs and it was just like meetups um I started getting involved with parkrun at this point as well and it was a toll cross parkrun in Glasgow was where I used to go and the team there were fantastic Still some of my really good friends um, and I met a lot of great people there. So that gave me that week and a Saturday goal to be going to park run. And yeah, that, that was kind of where it started. I mean, that, there's, a, there's a masochism coming through here, a theme, because 13 half marathons when you're not particularly experienced in a year screams somebody who likes to punish themselves and then running toll cross park run is a sign of insanity. That is actually my local, geographically the closest park run to me. I've run it twice and I've been running since 2017 and there's a reason I've only run it twice. Those hills are brutal. Yeah. Um, it's a great, really challenging park run, great people, but all oh my days when you've been used to running something flat, it is, that's a tough one. Yeah, I'm a good two minutes slower there than, than anywhere else. I, I just can't seem to break it. Um, no, I, I'm the same. <laughs> I thought I had a really good run like, uh, two weeks ago when I ran it and I looked at my time and it was easy two minutes slower than I thought I was running it's just it's such a hard if you ever fancy a real challenge though building hills into longer runs and doing park run that is that is the one it's actually really nice as well it's a nice park to run in um but it's I don't know it's a mental block for me now because I know I'm going for basically a hill session dressed up as a 5k 100% but but the people are great (laughs) yeah and that's what keeps us going back isn't it as people um I use it as a as a hill session in my own training, so to try and sort of adjust what you were saying, so that I don't start resenting it and hating it so much. <laughs> um, I try and use it as a hill session, so I try not to go there every week to do a park run. I'll use it maybe once a month or so, or if it's in a training block, or I'll maybe do it then. I do need to. That that's one of the things from doing this podcast is forcing myself out of the habitual stuff, running Strathclyde Park every week because it's flat and. Um, you know, but I've had 70, 80 efforts on there. Wow. It, it's well time to start moving out and, and trying some other ones. I've, I've had a handful of tourism, but there's so many good park runs out there and ways of meeting people. So hopefully I get more of a chance. I will come back to Tokros. I'm not going to leave it as long as like the five years this time. I'll, I'll go back in maybe two and a half and, and work my way around to it. So UK Run Chat is a, obviously a massive running account. Do you know, it's not something I was particularly familiar with until I was speaking to you about doing this and you told me about it. So I went on and had a look through the week. Huge following, very, very busy, active platform across all social media. Your profile's obviously building as well. People know you. What does that lead on to? Um, it then started leading on to me meeting people at events. Um all your kind of big names, like Great Run, for example. Um, and then that um, started me pacing. So that was when I started um, being a pacer um, for Great Run. So it started off with the Women's 10K in Glasgow, which is no longer it's no longer here, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I used to um, turn up as a Duracell bunny with my wee bunny ears and my tail and pace the women in Glasgow. <laughs> So funnily enough, that's how I first actually saw you on, on social media. I think that's when I first saw the profile. And for that's where you always popped up. I actually thought you were born with a flag sticking out your back for a while because every time I saw you, you had one of these massive flags with the time on it. Um, yeah. Pacing is not something I've ever done in a race of that size. I've done park run. That feels like enough pressure for me because, you know, people's PBs are often hanging on Pacer Saturday. 
Um, I do love doing it now because I've got more regulation. How did you cope with something like that as relatively early in your running as you were? So one thing that I, I have um, identified about myself um, is I can stick to a pace. So if you if, if it's within my, my range, right? So if you said to me, right, Jenna, we're going to run at a nine minute mile tonight, I'll pretty much guarantee you that my I will be nine minute or thereabouts or nine minute a second out. So I I, I established pretty early that it was one thing that I was good at. I've never been a natural runner, you know, I, I don't really have any pace. I don't have a sprint in me. If you paid me, I couldn't sprint. Um, but I can certainly hold a good cadence, so I can I can stick to the same kind of pace if that if that makes sense. So that was that that's my, that's my favourite type of running. Actually, I love that running. Just just running that you can comfortably. You're picking your pace comfortable yeah. level, and you just keep going. Just chatting about the world um, and taking on. Just so you know, I would never say we're going to do nine minutes a mile because I work in kilometres. Ah. I'm one of those people. So I, if I said that to you, I'd spend the whole way around doing mental maths, which is also not a strong point. So, so I actually had to change to miles, Ryan, because I, I used to run in kilometres as well. But when I started pacing half marathons, I then had to start doing miles because I'd had so many different people saying to me, pace, I watch your time. And I'm like, oh, OK. So I was having to try and convert it as well and do the mental maths. So I, cha- I changed to miles at that point. So I changed to miles at the beginning of the new year because I'm going to be coming into this marathon training block in the next few weeks. But after every run in Strava, I have to go into my settings, convert back to kilometres to see what I actually did. I'm running without a clue what pace I'm doing. So I'm fine at the club runs because there's always somebody there telling me what we're meant to be doing. Out mowing, not a clue. I could be sprinting, I could be jogging. I just don't know what it means. So that's going to take some getting used to. You'll pick that up in no time. Everybody tells me I won't go back once I, once I do it, but I don't know if it, 5k feels natural to be in kilometres. A marathon, I understand why you don't do that in kilometres. It's far too many of them. So we move from that pacing scene, which I know you're still doing. Is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, hopefully again this year. I'm just waiting in, in words. You did the Great Scottish did Run the Great Scottish Run last, last year. year. And actually, yeah, the half. So we had a wee break um, because of covid um, so it was really nice to get back um, again. I did the Great North Run the year before down in Newcastle, and that was a an alternative route. So that was quite a challenge, actually. I, I found that pacing role um, extremely challenging because my GPS was all over the place. I could not get a signal. You told me something that made my jaw almost hit the floor when we were speaking. How many half marathons do you reckon you've done? I've done over 100. So I've lost count over 100. So I think I counted over 100 about 2017 and then I've I've done a few since so yeah there's there's an insanity there that's that's moving out of masochism into an insanity what is wrong with 5k Jenna why why do you feel like punishing yourself so frequently I feel as a 5k is a punishment mine ah well it is but it's over much much more quickly so so is a half so is a half marathon for me but the 5k I've got something in my head that I know it's over in so many minutes and that's me when I got to know your profile which was fairly recent. You've been quite a big reason in me joining a running club. I met you in person at the Bodwell Scarecrow Festival 5K, which for anybody not aware of it, is a very much a community-based fun run. Um, runners of all ages, all stages, all experiences. There's a 5K and a 10K, and it happens in and around, is it September, Jenna? Is that when I would have yeah. met you? At, at that point, I had been in a real dip with the running and barely, I was barely running. I was looking back at Strava at that point. I think I'd had about four runs in five months at that point. I'd completely lost my way with it coming out of COVID. I'd been doing triathlon. All the swimming pools were closed. Couldn't get back into the groove of, of training at all. And it was one of my uh, athlete triath- triathlon club member friends, Gavin. He lives in Bodwell, who'd said, come and do this, see if we can get back into it. I trained, I think, for about a week, two weeks. I had a few runs and got back into it. And you were doing the warm-up. Yeah. How did that come about? What's your involvement with that organisation or who did you know? It was actually Newton. So it was actually Pete um, that you'll probably meet through Newton and Joanne, the now president of Newton. So Joanne's one of my friends and she'd messaged me saying, look, they're, they're looking for a warm-up. I'm a gym and fitness coordinator, so I, I basically like I teach a lot as well so it, that's just something that I kind of do the in the out 
So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it because I've got loads of speakers that I can bring. I'm sure I can um, talk my boss into borrowing me some equipment. So it was, it was pretty much just that. We were just trying to help them out. So I turned up on race day. You you have the speakers blaring the microphone and doing your Mr. Motivator routine, um, which I'm not going to lie, I stood at the back and didn't really join in with because I'm weirdly introvert when it comes to these things. So I stood and sort of pretended I was stretching, let you do your thing. Ran the 5K, didn't run it particularly well, but I had a conversation with you afterwards. I introduced myself and at that point in my running, I knew something had to change if I was going to find that spark again. And I really had thought about joining Newton. So I didn't know at this point what your relationship with Newton Roadrunners was, only that I knew you had been at some point heavily involved. And I know you were laughing at that when I'd asked you about it. I said, well, you're not involved in Newton. So we had a chat afterwards. And I think by my memory, I was knackered, but you made me buy you a coffee. I don't know how that works. Oh, that's when I owe you down. And you keep saying that, but it's never actually going to happen. I don't think. I feel like I've been bumped <laughs> for a coffee. But you were screaming yourself hoarse on that day at all the people coming round the finish and the encouragement. And were you on your own, or were there, was there more people from Newton at that? Um, yeah, no, there was there was quite a few of us. There was um, a team. So I there was a team actually organising from Newton. Um, so yeah, Joanne, Pete, um, the guys with Craig, they were all organising and I just uh, probably do what I always do, which is I can't help myself and I just, when I see runners and I see people um, pushing themselves, I just, I need to get involved. So yeah, I was just there, just come on, you can do it and just, I just, it's my job, so I can't, I can't help it. So it was that conversation then and meeting you and we only spoke for five minutes for me that I got a good vibe for probably what the club is about in terms of the welcome of it. And I, I probably, to other people, to my friends, they think I'm a serious runner. To me, I don't consider myself a serious runner whatsoever. I run 5Ks, I get faster, then I get slower, then I don't train, then I do train, I'm on off. I was worried about going to a running club where I thought it was all athletes, all super dialed into what they're doing. I took the plunge after speaking to you, thinking that the vibe might be right for me and I've not looked back. It's only been a few weeks, but the welcome I've had from all those people that you've just mentioned actually by name, they're at the front and center. They have welcomed me in. It's been fantastic. So I want to now flip you back because what I later found out me saying to you, were you something to do with Newton Roadrunners is that you started Newton Roadrunners. So can you talk me through when that happened, what the catalyst for it was, and the steps that you took, because I'm sure there are people out there that are clueless when it comes to formation of a club or even club running. Back to UK Run Chat. So again, I went to Joe Williams, who runs UK Run Chat, and I said to Joe, look, I just love um, what UK Run Chat's about, what it stands for, the community. I think I could maybe set up something in Glasgow because I've got so many people that I've met from Glasgow through UK Run Chat that I think we could all just run together. Um, and he was kind of laughing and stuff and he was like right okay well let's do it and let's go for it so yeah so so that was it so we we started the kind of putting the planning in place in 2015 I was already a jog leader and I wanted to become a coach in running fitness so I started applying to athletics to do that so I was doing all my coursework my CPD all of that kind of stuff um and I thought right okay I'm, I'm just I'm just going to go for this I'm just going to promote it and there's no time like the present, just get it out there. And I had 50 people turn up to the Newton Arms on the first night. My amazing husband <laughs> uh, bought us all um, high-vis out his, out his own his own money because I went to him and said, so I, I, need, I need vis, you know, I need, I need to keep people safe. So he bought, bought us that. And I went to Stevie and Sandra at the Newton Arms and told them, look, I really need somewhere for us to run from. I need somewhere that people can access toilets. And they were like, come on in, hen. we'll get you tea and coffee every week. And I was like, no, you don't need to do that. And they were like, no, no, we'll do that every week. And I said, no, I'm, guys, we're talking 50 people here. Is that OK? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. They, they still do it. And for anybody that doesn't know, the Newton Arms is a pub <laughs> in Newton. So um, from, from what I've seen of the club's social media, it's quite an apt setting. <laughs> they drink as well as they run. Um, but the Newton Arms is the central hub of the club. It's where the runs set off from and finish at. So just in case anybody doesn't, is not familiar with the area. So you've got two people who have welcomed you in with open arms. You've got 50 in your first night. 
where does it go from there? It was crazy. I couldn't I couldn't actually believe it. It was growing that much that I couldn't keep up with the growth, basically. I'll never forget the people that helped me. So people from other clubs in Glasgow. So Paul Collins, for example, Garskew. Um, he's well known in the running community. He came and actually coached with me because he realised, you know, there was there was too many people for me to coach, you know, properly, safely, effectively. Um, Paul, um, so Paul Collins, uh, Colin Thomas, um, who's Bella Houston Harriers, he's known as the marathon guy. He, again, was amazing. He came and set up sessions for us. Um, he did talks for us. He just did loads of things to help me because me and Colin um, were actually coaching together. We were doing a coaching run and fitness at that point together. And I kid him on now and say that I, I helped him pass. So, yeah. So um, if it wasn't for me, he would never have passed. But anyway. <laughs> Copying your homework. homework. He's he's a phenomenal runner, by the way, and sports yeah. physiologist. You, sh- you should speak to speak to this guy. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we had Paul, we had uh, Colin, and then Camsland Harriers were great. So Simon Gold, um, who's a good friend of mine, who still takes a Monday night session. So Simon um, was was kind of helping with the Monday nights as well. So I had so much help from people in the running community to make this successful for me, Brian. And then it got to the point where everyone, you know, there was there was people in the club that were showing real kind of potential and coming to me and saying, look, I'll do my, my job leader course. Um, I can help you out. And that just started happening. So initially that was like Joanne, um, jo- Joanna, um, yeah, I'm trying to think back, Shona, um, Peter, um, just all, Jonathan. So it just went... But, so you're you're in a relatively early stage of the club. What what was the year of the formation? Um, 2016. So early 2016. So it's a it's a relatively young club in terms of a running club um, with it with affiliation. You're in the early stages though, when the growth is almost starting to overtake. Yeah. So how are you at that point managing to keep your head above the water? Is there subs coming in at this point? Are people paying, or is it all just? It was- by the seat of your pants and out your own yeah, pocket at that point. It was all just out my own pocket at that point. I was paying for people to go through their, co- their coaching, basically. And it changed, maybe it, was, it was, wasn't it was quite a year later. And I went back to Joe and said to him, look, I'm not sure the UK run chat's kind of working anymore because what I'm getting is I'm getting a lot of people saying, calling us Newton. So everyone was calling us the Newton runners or the Newton mob. Or, and I said, I think locally, for the club, it's it's going to. I had to make that decision. I'm I'm maybe going to need to go for a, a kind of local community club like Newton. I didn't know at that point what I was going to call it, and he was great. He was like, "Look, Jenna, you you've done all this, so go for it." Do you know what I mean? I wish you all the best and anything that you need, just let me know. So we then decided I was going to call it Newton Roadrunners, um, and the work that went into the kind of designing the the badge and all that. So just for, this is quite interesting, actually. So I don't think people really know this, but um, the badge, the yellow badge is actually um, Joanne. So that's meant to be Joanne as the female, who's now the president of the club, yeah. Um, and the 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 male is uh, Chris Carr, who's still a member. So I use Joanne and Chris as my kind of people in, in this badge because they were two of our fastest runners at, the, at that time. And we used to use them as a kind of, right, okay, catch up with that, that ponytail. So we used to use Joanne, catch up with Joanne, catch up with Chris. He's he's your he's your marker. And uh, we used the tractor, so the tractor to represent Newton, Newton Farm, it being farmland. Yeah. So it was all of that part was really that was a great time because that was so exciting with that kind of transition and from UK Rancha into Newton Mode Runners and standing on our own. Something, yeah, new, something new. Something new emerging. If and, and I I'm aware that a lot of people won't even know where Newton is um because I, I mean i live very close to it and i didn't really know where it was at the point but it sort of sits in between blantyre and canvas yeah, line and right. uh, uddingston right in the middle of that triangle there um so it, it's it's small newton is not a big place it's a it's small predominantly housing yeah. estate yet the membership keeps growing and growing and growing so that'll be people like me that are not from newton starting to come in as well but how important has that become, do you think, in the hub of, especially for a small business like the Newton Arms as well? You know, obviously everybody's coming there. 
that there, it must be having an impact. Do you know the impact it's had in the community? I think it's had a massive impact in the community um, because when we then went for affiliation in 2019, we were known. Um, Scottish Athletics knew exactly who we were. Um, and, and they were they were happy to sit down and chat to us about that next stage. Um, they'd seen our presence, you know, at, at events. And um, it was pretty much the constitution for Newton was written um, for it being a community club and for it being a welcoming club um, for all abilities. And I think that's something that we really kind of tried to get out there. And I know it's made a huge difference in the community. You only need to drive through Newton and you just see the yellow everywhere. Um, Yeah, and I can hand in heart say, having only been a few weeks in, so you don't have a particular horse in the race, the club are still living that constitution and still living those values because it's such a welcoming place, not just for myself. I've joined with a crop of new people that obviously come in at the beginning of every new year. And this is what I keep trying to stress. I was trying to talk my wife into joining, but she's, she's reticent to, she doesn't again see herself as a runner and thinks everybody's going to be really fast. And so you're starting at that, that building block again, but there's runners of, all abilities, all paces, it doesn't matter. Every run begins with a good, friendly chat, some banter, finishes the same. You start together, you finish together. Yeah, 100%. So what you built then has been taken forward by Joanne, by the jog leaders, by the club members, and still lived, which must be satisfying for you. Yeah, it's um, the, the hardest thing, one of the hardest things in my life that I've ever had to do was, was leave Newton. It was a big, huge decision for me. It was um, it was like my baby, basically. <laughs> um, so having to kind of decide to to move on from that was something that I was I've, I've always been worried. You know, is everybody going to be okay? Um, am I going to regret it? I'm moving forwards. Like it, it's it's really it's been a, a tough decision for me to to do, but I wish them all the best, and I think they're in really capable, brilliant hands in Joanne. She's a strong character yeah. and she will she will lead them on to um, great success. Joanne is somebody I would like to get on the podcast uh, when it's coming back up to the next Newton Road Race um, yeah. and to, to talk through a wee bit about what goes into that. So hopefully we'll get her on. I've already started nibbling away at her and runs as I'm chasing the ponytail, shouting that I'm going to get her to come on and speak about it. When did that happen for you, stepping away? Yeah, it was actually during lockdown. Um, it was it was so lockdown was really tough for us because Scottish Athletics were obviously giving us our guidelines and and people weren't all at the same stage with how comfortable they felt with running. It was just a tough time, Brian. So I was sitting like doing like the routes and things and and trying not to let people pass each other. We were having to get into groups, so we were actually having to divide our club, which was something that we were always about inclusivity and being together and. And then we had to divide us all up into groups. So it, it didn't sit well with us all, do you know what I mean? So it was just quite a challenging time. And then my job just became a wee bit more intense. And so because I'm in fitness um, and I work for uh, an authority, we weren't off for work. And, you know, during lockdown, we were just put into like a, a different role, basically. It just put me in a different kind of path, I felt. And I just felt like Newton had been such a positive success story and I just wanted to end in that high for me. Yeah, so. no, and I, and I think you've left it in safe hands. It's always going to be difficult to walk away from anything like that that you've grown. And, and I've had that in different spheres outside running where you're part of something, growing something. But there does come a point when it outgrows you, you outgrow it, our circumstances dictate that it, but the longevity of it will be the proof in the pudding. That's a, something that you, I think, will always be able to look back on. If that can sustain and certainly sustain the values, then you've done something lasting that's well, well worth doing. When I was having a wee Instagram stock, as I do before I speak to people, what I did see was that one of your aims in the beginning was to promote running for women or give women a, a safe space to run. This is an issue that having worked in schools, that's my own background previously. And with my, my, my wife, it's something I'm quite passionate about. I've got a niece who lives next door to me that I'm trying to get into running as well. What has the club brought in terms of giving a platform for women to run? And why did you feel that that was something that was an important aim and an important driver? 
Um, yes, so the, the club has basically brought safety for women um, in Newton. So they feel that they can go and they're safe. They can run routes together. Um, they're getting familiar with routes. And the friendships that have been built through that is, it's, it's um, unbelievable. It's, I think other clubs, um, and I look about and I see other clubs and I see what they're doing. I really think that that's where um, a lot of clubs can fall down. Um, it's not me criticising, I'm just, it's just an, an observation. Um, I feel as if there's a lot of elitism in sport, as we all know, and it can go right down to grassroots. I, I just feel like Newton, um, we try to make it different, we try to make it inclusive, we try to get women out running together, form friendships, and just basically have somewhere safe that they can they can feel safe and feel part of. And yeah. I think that's that's what we achieved. I think that's one of the single biggest barriers. And it's something I've wrestled with and actually spoken to quite a few people um, on Instagram about it, about what role you can play. And maybe this is the platform where I can do something for it because it's very difficult to think how do I proactively change that. But I speak to my wife who is a bit of a fair weather runner um, and doesn't need much excuse to say, I won't bother tonight. But the, the single biggest barrier to her running is often doesn't want to run at night yeah and in the dark or has been tooted at by people in the way by um having yeah. people shouting out and whether how however they're intending that at the time as a laugh as it doesn't matter it's making somebody feel unsafe uncertain and like the world's watching them and that's a never a good place to be in your running then you get onto that well, well i can't run with music because i need to hear people behind me and these are all thoughts certainly as a male runner that have never crossed my mind. Uh, you know, I have gone out, especially during things like Marathon and these run street challenges. I could be running at 11 o'clock at night, thinking nothing of it with my hood up, when I'm actually the person that would make you cross the road feeling unsafe. So there, there's something, it, it can't be like that. We need to do more for it. But that is, that's what I would say to anybody who is thinking, I don't feel safe running, is run together. It doesn't need to be a full-fledged Newton Road Runners type club, but Jog Scotland Club, Couch to 5K, yeah. running in a group, park run even, find ways to run together to get into that safe space in your head because we need to do more on that. It's too much of a barrier. Yeah, 100%. Um, the girls at Newton used to laugh at me as well because I used to stalk their Strava and see if I've ever seen anyone like running down the Clyde, for example, on their own. I'd pull them up. I would message them and say, don't do that again. You were out that, you were down that Clyde yourself. Like, you should never be down there yourself. It's, um, it's bad that you need to, to be like that. Through this chat, you've got UK Run Chat, you've got the pacing, you've got Newton Roadrunners. You've got the Bottle Scarecrow Festival. These are all things where you give a piece of yourself to something else. Do you run for you or do you get more from helping others? I would say it's all about people. I have always said for years, all my life, that anybody can run. And people think you can't run. They think you need to be a certain shape. They think you need to be a certain way. And I'm just, I just want everybody to know that they can run. You can teach yourself to run. Everybody can do it. And I've just been wanting to kind of give that message out to the world, basically. <laughs> that's what it's been like. But I'm, I'm like that with fitness. And that's why, why I do fitness. I live and breathe. I love it. I think being active and being fit is the best feeling in the world. There's nothing better. And if I can encourage everyone to do it, anyone that I meet, then that's what I'll continue to do forever. Well over 100 half marathons in. You still told me that you don't think you're a runner or you don't, you're not a, what did you tell me? You don't look like a runner. You don't feel like a runner. That, that will fry the brain of the person who's sitting on the couch toying with taking their first step. How, how can that be? How can you be that far in and on your journey and say, I don't, wait, do you think we all still have this mental image of what a runner is or looks like? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think it's um, for me it's circumstantial it's it's because when when I was younger and again it's maybe going back to this kind of female thing I was the only girl that did sport really um in, in my kind of circle and I always felt like I didn't look like I, I've always been quite curvy like you know I've, I've not I've not been stick thin so it's like you need to be kind of stick thin to be a runner I don't so it's maybe just a bit but it's my own kind of mind that's you know that's my own challenges my own mental challenges but yeah I uh, 
I don't know if that will ever change. I don't know if I'll ever no. that will ever change. I'm always I'm always trying to um, look to the new challenge. I'm so competitive, you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm always um, I'm always wanting a wee bit more. I'm always wanting to challenge myself a wee bit more. I'm going to add curvy into my descriptive words for, <laughs> for my own body shape. I've got I've got about fifteen euphemisms that I use. A wee bit rotund, a wee bit podgy. It just depends what time of the year for overindulging in Christmas. But see that that idea we have of the pit, the I'm not a runner because I don't look like a runner. See what we perceive the actual runner to look like. There's about two of them out of every thousand. Hardly anybody. And they are up the front. And park run with 300 people, you will find five maybe that are running at that level. The rest of them look like a variation of you and of I. And that's... Yeah, I know. It's just an insane logic that we have about I don't look like... It's probably an internalised thing, but it's... It's a fascinating one to me. I think running is replete with body dysmorphia. People that feel yeah. they look completely different to the reality when, you know, that's the way we actually look. All of us look like that, you know. You just pick yeah. your flaws, don't you? And think, yeah, I can't no, run because. Um, so, yes, as a curvy runner myself, what I can say is that <laughs> keep going. What is next? Because if I do know anything about you from having met you a few times now, it's that you seem to me to be somebody that keeps pushing forward. There's always going to be something in a pipeline. What's on the horizon for you? Do you know, you're going to laugh. It's that I keep saying that I'm going to stop running. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've, I'm, I've got World Marathon coming up um, in uh, um, March the 19th. And then I have um, Manchester, again, third time, Manchester. Marathon. Um, marathon with my friend Fiona. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to, this is um, some of the lovely girls that I work with who be- became really good friends. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can start to encourage them to believe in herself a wee bit more and um, they said they would never do anything like this. So. so I'm just going to repeat what you said to me. I'm going to start running. I'm training <laughs> for two marathons. Okay, so... I'll speak to you when you stop running, right? That, that's unlikely. Beyond that, thoughts? I think I'm going to try and get into some other form of fitness and see what I can I can do with that. I'm around such amazing, inspiring, fit people every day and they keep saying to me, Jenna, see if you can just kind of calm down the running a wee bit. We could really do something good here. And I'm just like, okay, I will, I will. And then I just sign up to another marathon and then that's me. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what's next, but it will definitely be something. Yeah, well, it will definitely be something. I think that's a good note to leave it on. Knowing you as I've gotten to know you a bit, it will be something and it will be something worth watching. So uh, I want to finish off on a bit of quick fire questions and I didn't share all of these with you. I just want you to give me first instinct. So it's not, not for overthinking. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Favourite running shoe of all time? Brooks Ghost. Favourite training route? Dumbarton to Glasgow Green. Best running related book or podcast you've read or listened to? Juliet McGracken, Dr. Juliet McGracken Sorted, and it's because I'm featuring in it. <laughs> there was shameless <laughs> self-promotion. <laughs> proudest running moment? Um, proudest running moment? Oh, London Marathon, 2019. Worst race or running experience? London Marathon, 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate post-marathon meal or drink? I did York Marathon this year and I had a, um, is it butter beer? (laughs) Harry Potter. I was going to say, is that not Harry Potter? Yeah, Yeah, because you've got the, um, what do you call it? The alley. Um, down at Diagon Alley. Yeah, yes. Uh, so that's when I was down in York, and yeah, I was. That's what I had. I had a butter beer. Um, I just yeah. out <laughs> myself as a closet Harry Potter fan. There, thanks for that. Run with or without music. Um, with if I'm training, and without if I'm racing. Oh, that's two out of two that have said that. Best ever single piece of running advice you've been given or could give. If in doubt, piece it out. Oh, that's that could be a t-shirt. Favourite park run? Strathclyde. Why? It's just all the people and it's flat and fast. I was just going to say she's lying. <laughs> it's because it's flat. <laughs> Finish this sentence. I press play and run because... I love the running community.
the last thing that I ask guests to do. We have a press play and run podcast on Spotify that we will add to with each episode where the guest adds the one running track they couldn't be doing without on their running playlist. So I've put you in the spot because I'm terrible podcast host and forgot to tell you I was asking. So what would it be? It will be the jam down in a tube station at midnight, which will surprise a lot of people. That's my track. That is that is certainly not what I was expecting. This this playlist is going to look like it's schizophrenic by then because everybody's picking things that you wouldn't expect. One more I wanted to ask you. Tell me one inspirational Instagram profile you never skip by. Um, do you know you're actually going to think that this is a, a setup, um, but it's probably your um, Alison Jardin from last week. Oh, there you What's go. Um, yeah, so that was a tough, by the way, that was tough, me coming on after her, honestly, that was a tough act to follow. Yeah. Um, actually, since last week, the local paper have contacted her to interview her about her story, the, to- oh, the Tokyo Marathon, uh, the six-star finisher medal, and she managed to have a really bad fall training again, so she's lived up to the billing that. of the show. She's covered in cuts and bruises, um, but even more pleasingly, one of her friends got in touch, a non-runner, to ask if she could run park run with her on Saturday, her first ever Aww. run, her first park run. So, you know, we're doing our job. If that's the case, and, and we can do that, but it's, it is a good profile. Well, all that's left to do then, Jenna, is to thank you um, and to close out the show. So I am going to link your Instagram profile in the description of the show which is all the fitness she runs with underscores. I'll link my own Instagram account. I will link again to Alison's profile, although that's linked in last week's show. And I am also going to recommend the book that you not only recommended, but featuring. So I don't think too many of our guests will be getting away with that one. And all that's left for me to do, Jenna, is to say one final thank you for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. You're welcome, Nine. Thank you so much. It was great to chat to you. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.